Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Hope you're having a great day. A lot to get to, but real quick, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And don't forget, today's episode is presented to you by the great people over at Superbook Sports Colorado. Uh, like I said, I, I, I got a ton of great headlines to get into today. I'm broadcasting live on Facebook, so... If you haven't done so already, you need to go make sure you hit that subscribe button or follow on Facebook, just facebook.com slash Podcast. Like I said, uh, I'll, I'm going to start doing this more often. Uh, as long as my signal doesn't completely blow, I think we're going to do it. Fuck it. We're going to do it. We're doing it live. Who's that guy that did that? That uh, broadcaster guy? I can't remember. Like a complete asshole. And then he, like you hear him like yelling at people off air. Anyway, anyway, let's refocus. Hey, hey, we're right here, right here, right now. You know what we need to do right now? Let's jump into those headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. (laughs) Well, where does the time go? Apparently, August 5th is National Mustard Day. Ha! Boy, just feels like it was yesterday, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. There's like special days for for everything, like ice cream, cookie day, cheeseburger. Today's a podcaster day or some stupid stuff. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Just like every single day of the year, there's something. But like I said, August 5th is National Mustard Day. And in years past, the there was, uh, who was it? Uh, I can't even think. I forgot to write it down. But it's the mustard company, the one that everybody has in their fridge. They always do something special for Mustard Day. In 2019, they did mustard ice cream. I would actually like to try it just to see what it, what it tasted like. 2020, oh, this is my jam, mustard beer. That would be awesome. 2021, mustard buns. Okay. 2022, Last year, they did mustard donuts. And this year, what do you think they're going to do? Huh? Huh? They're going to do mustard Skittles. Yeah, because that sounds appealing. Okay. We've talked about this before. Remember the sub that imploded? How does the a sub imp- imploding while searching for the Titanic wreckage, Scott, how does that compare to mustard Skittles? Well, I'll tell you. Right? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Boom. Connectivity. (laughs) Yeah. Just because you can mix mustard and Skittles doesn't mean it's a good idea. That being said, I would like to try it. I love mustard. I think I love mustard out of the entire house. I don't think anybody loves it as much as I do. I'll dip... uh, Geez, just about everything in mustard. You know, I, I I just don't see what's wrong. Have you ever put mustard? Okay, some of you might get mad at this. If you put mustard on a taco, oh, stop the hate. Come on, I can feel it. I can feel it. If you, if you put mustard on tacos, it's fucking delicious. It, it tastes like that you're eating a cheeseburger slash taco. It's phenomenal. Life-changing, some might say. <laughs> so anyway, these mustard Skittles are going to be given away via online an online sweepstakes, and you can do that at 
Frenches.com. Yeah, Frenches. Jesus Christ, it's right in front of me. Frenches.com slash mustard skittles. But they're also doing on the East Coast a bunch of in-person pop-up events that you can attend and possibly get your hands on some. But uh, I need to go sign up at Frenches.com slash mustard skittles because I think that would be an interesting thing. But I have a feeling it's going to be like a small packet because they realize people aren't going to really want to eat a whole giant fucking thing. But, you know, you invite friends over, put some of those down. Hey, want some Skittles? And then they eat them and they start vomiting and you can go, ah, gotcha, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. (laughs) Uh, A woman had to be rescued in Wales after she got stuck on a mountaintop. Now, here's the story of, of, of what the lady was doing. She belongs to a parrot club, like any sane person would. I've My sister had like a little parakeet or whatever when we were younger. Fucking weird to, to own a, a bird. It, it, bird people. It's I think you're underappreciated because there's it's a lot of work to have a bird and have a happy bird. And I remember my sister trying to take care of that thing. I think his name was Joey. And she would like try to let it stretch its wings out in certain parts of the house. Anyway, so it, it was it was kind of a struggle. It's not like a dog where you can just go take it for a walk. You can't put a fucking leash on a parrot and take it for a fly. I mean, you could, but it'd be kind of weird. Um, so anyway, this lady belongs to a parrot club. And she, her, along with the other parrot owners, have trackers on them. So they don't officially lose them. Then all of a sudden, they're up in the mountains, and they're, like, letting the birds fly around, which I think is pretty cool. And all of a sudden, a, a hawk flies in starts attacking the, the parrots. And they got all the birds except for one as far as they got them to safety. And the one parrot starts flying away because it's freaked out. They track it on GPS. Next thing you know, this woman is in this uh, this you know, position where she can't escape. She is like stranded on top of a mountain because of her fucking parrot. (laughs) At what point in life do you think that she needs to go, you know what? You know what? My life is, you know, I'd rather live longer than letting my, you know, trying to save my parrot's life. At at what point does she just go, you know what? I'm just going to let him go and see if he flies back to me. I just feel like this stupid. This lady put her her life in danger, and she also put the rescuer's life in danger for a fucking parrot. Again, I'm kind of going backtracking on my my support of of bird owners because it's kind of annoying. She put her life as well as other people's lives in danger because she was trying to get her pet parrot back. Kind of annoying. I'm kind of a dick in regards to that story, but hey. It is what it is. <laughs> Ohio, this one, okay, this isn't like too crazy, but an Ohio construction crew located a time capsule that was under a 26-year-old tree. It was in a, I believe, a high school or middle school. Anyway, they found it. They got the contents out, and they're looking at it. A lot of the, um, uh, due to the construction, 
the capsule was damaged and there's some water damage on a lot of the writings and they're trying to salvage what they can and kind of go through it because a lot of the people that buried this, I mean, they're in their like 30s and 40s. So that must have been like an elementary school or something like that. But either way, it, it would be kind of neat if you buried something back in the day when you're in, in elementary school to go and find it when you're like in your 40s and show your kids. That'd be kind of cool. But the problem is, is a lot of it is damaged. But it reminded me, and I've shared this story before, but it, I, I feel like if you're new to, the, to this show, you, you deserve to hear this, this bizarre story. Okay? I was roughly 18 years old. I was working at, I want to say, Safeway. So, Because I, I remember on this particular day, I was wearing a white dress shirt. And I come home from work, and I stopped by my, uh, I think at the time I was, I was still living with my mom. So I was just 18 or 17, 17, 18 years old. Anyway, so it's raining outside. My mom's dog, Missy, had just passed away in a little poodle dog, right? And she's, my mom's destroyed. And she's just like, oh, my God, you got you to gotta bury her for me, Scotty. And I'm like, where am I going to bury her? She says, just bury her in the backyard. I'm like, oh, God, okay, fine. And again, it's like, it's not like a downpour, but it's like sprinkling. It just adds to the, the moment. So I'm burying her where the where you would put flowers. It's kind of like a, a, a an edge along the backyard. And she that's where my mom wanted her. So I'm and I'm one, I'm like, I don't know if there's any underground wires here because i didn't call before i i started to dig <laughs> like what are you gonna what do you what do you need to dig the hole for sir well i got a dead dog that i just want to put in the ground anyway so i start digging uh recklessly apparently and then i was like mom what are you putting her in so i know how big it is and she's like it's this container is it was like a giant tupperware container <laughs> and i didn't really think about it too much. So I end up digging it from where the top of the dirt was to the top of that container was probably only about say four or five inches of dirt. Not that much. And then, so I, I bury her. My mom put a note in there. Long and short of it, I leave. I start talking to my girlfriend at the time who is now my wife. And she says, why would they do that? It's just going... Like, if they move, somebody's going to find that. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I, I don't know. And then sure as shit, like, I want to say six months later, my mom moved. Somebody had to have found that. How fucking horrifying would it be to be like, hey, everybody, let's go dig in the garden. Let's plant some flowers or plant some seeds so we can have a vegetable garden. Ooh, what is this? Boom, boom. <gasps> Mom, it's probably a time capsule. There's probably some cool stuff in there. Maybe some trinkets. Maybe some old toys. Who knows? Maybe money. <laughs> Let's all gather around and open it. <laughs> then sure as shit, there's a, there's, a, there's a decomposing dog in there. That's disgusting. So anyway, I damaged a bunch of children. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody found it at some point. Somebody has found it. I guarantee it. I could drive over to that person's house and be like, hey, I, 
I left something in the backyard. I want to see if it's still there. And then, you know, go start digging. I know where exactly where it's at, but um, how freaking disturbing for whoever found that in the backyard, finding a Tupperware full of dead dog in a note that says, oh, we loved her so much. I know my mom's heart was in the right place. I get it. But I didn't dig it deep enough. I should have dug it like six feet deep. And then, boom, then you don't have to worry about some, like, little kid playing in the backyard. That's the other thing, too. Like, kids play in dirt. I let my daughter and my son play in mud every now and then, especially when they're younger. Could you imagine they're in the backyard playing in the mud? They're like, let, let them be. They're having fun. They're kids. They're getting dirty. Next thing you know, they come in with a skull of a puppy. <laughs> That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> You're welcome for that imagery. <laughs> hey, we got more coming your way, including something that everybody, whether you're a sports fan or not, you need to listen to what's coming up next. But first, we're changing the game. So help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And right now, when you use the promo code Mile High, you're going to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. So win or lose, Superbook is going to match your first bet up to 250 bucks with that promo code MILEHIGH. Go ahead and download Superbook Sports app and enter that promo code MILEHIGH and you're going to get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Go ahead and visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. AI, I was on, what was I on? I saw this and I'm like, no freaking way. AI is starting to freak me out because it's making me feel funny. <laughs> like when I used to climb a rope in gym class, there is a AI social influencer called Mila Sophia. And honestly, honestly, Models out there, if you're a model, you should be worried because this AI, Mila Sophia, is sexy as fuck. Holy shit. And you don't realize that she's fake until you really zoom in. Because I did. I scanned the whole thing, the whole picture. <laughs> and you see it's like slightly too smooth, right? But it looks like a real person. So if I want somebody to display and show off my, say, my um, my attire, whatever, I have new shirts or something like that. I'm just getting an AI-generated model, and I can have it in any background, and I can pick and choose from whatever model I want. Well, I want, you know, someone that looks like this or that, or, you know, they're doing this. It looks fucking real. And it really tells you how, okay, how useless models are because, okay, you just, you just got replaced by a computer because you literally don't do anything other than walk around wearing clothes. Sure, you're attractive, but guess what? A computer can simulate that. So we could officially call it the first industry to be taken down by artificial intelligence is the modeling world because it just proves that they are pointless. 
and you just type in here's here's the graphics of my my clothing line and then boom there you go so fucking crazy i put it on my twitter account if you go to just at dehuff you'll see it 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 it's crazy and she looks fucking good for a robot essentially we'll just call it what it is she's a robot sure in an in a uh, virtual world and i'm just saying yeah i would I would. Come on. You wouldn't? Come on. Come on. It's fucking wild. Wild. Did you see the the Quiznos is bringing back their I think it's Spung Monkey mascot. It's like it's like a rodent with jacked up human teeth and it's like cockeyed with human eyes. I don't even understand who, what psycho came up with that mascot in general and then thought, you know what, let's tie this to a food. Let's tie this to, hey, Quiznos, we'll sell you this idea. Or somebody at Quiznos is like, I have a great idea. Todd, have you been drinking again? Fuck you, man. (laughs) I got an idea. It's a rodent with jacked up human teeth and fucking eyes all whacked out in their human eyes. That's a great way to sell our subs. So bizarre. Makes no sense. But it reminds me of back when I worked at Quiznos a long freaking time ago. A long time ago. And I was a general manager. And I remember going to a manager meeting and they're showing off the new commercials that we're going to start airing. And one of the commercials was this guy's on a busy street in the city. And he walks by a trash can and he sees a foot long sub, a Quiznos foot long sub just sitting in there in the trash. And the guy looks around and then he starts eating it. And then their tagline was, yeah, it's just that good. And then I remember like, if it's that good, why is it in the trash? Ugh. <laughs> they get all mad about that. It's like, come on, man, you can't you can't say something is that good but it's in the trash. So, sorry, Quiznos. I'm taking a shot at you. You have the worst, (laughs) worst sales department because who thinks that that's a good idea to promote your, your, your brand? One, you got rodents with human features. And then also, you know, like people throw away your food, but then other people think it's good. I mean, just makes zero freaking sense. So, Quiznos... Yeah, I hate to say it, but it's just like that's not helping your problem. I know Quiznos is trying to make a big comeback right now, and they're going to start uh, reopening some restaurants. But but the thing is, I mean, I, I don't see how they're necessary anymore. You got like Jersey Mike's and you have all these other sub places, Snarfs. Like, I'm just talking about Colorado, and, and there's plenty of great places. It's like... Does anybody care about Quiznos anymore? I, I don't know. I don't see why they're special anymore. They're not special anymore. So we'll see how that goes. That could be a big fail on, on Quiznos. And they're not starting things off right in my mind by using the, the, the spung monkeys. Somebody was just like, well, you remember it from all that, all that time ago. I'm like, yeah, but in a negative way. I remember it, and I associate that weird-looking rodent with Quiznos 
but it doesn't make me want to eat there. No, it's more unappetizing. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Don't need it. Uh, the Broncos did release their new alternate helmets. If you're a Denver Bronco fan, and as I predicted, I was not happy with it, but I mean, I'll get over it. They went with the all white helmet. They're saying it's snow capped. <laughs> it's white. Okay. It's white. And they went with the old school D, which again, like I said, it was going to happen, but I, it's fine. It gets people talking about it. We all, it's not the end of the world. And I imagine the next go around when they're going to come out with another alternate helmet, they'll go with something somewhat similar, but maybe go black or, or whatever. Right. I, it's fine. It's just PR stuff and it's just other ways for people to pay attention to you. And it's not necessarily a negative thing. So I'll, I'll, I'm fine with it. Right. It's not what I wanted, but who cares? I just like watching football and I'll I'll get over it. But if you run a business or maybe one day you wish you could run a business, you got to listen to what Sean Payton, the Denver Broncos head coach, former head coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints, what he said with Jarrett Bell of the USA Today. And dude, Sean Payton was in shred mode. And while I say if if you're if you're a football fan, this means a lot. But if you're just in business in general, this should mean a fucking hell of a lot. Because honesty is not going to set you back. Lying to yourself and lying to others and just, you know, avoiding the truth. That's just going to cause problems. So this is what he said. I'm going to go through some of his stuff some of his uh, quotes, okay? He says, I'm going to be pissed if this is not a playoff team next year. That's what he told him. And by the way, yeah, no shit. That should be every coach's desire every year is we should be a fucking playoff team. Not to, hey, let's just do our best. And as long as we get, you know, maybe nine wins, that'd be great. No, we should be a fucking playoff team. That should be your objective. Again, whether that's business or in football, you should be aiming for the fences every fucking time. He says, hey, we're going to be on time. We're going to learn how rewarding it is to play for each other, compete for each other, rather than ourselves, and expect us to think playoffs. It's all about mentality. And you can't go out there playing for yourself. you got to play with your team. And sometimes that means that you're, you're propping up the guy next to you. There's nothing wrong with that. It's an overall team win. That's what you got to be looking for. He said, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much fucking time trying to win the offseason. The PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around, and all this stuff. They weren't focused on what was important. They weren't focused on the nuts and bolts of having a winning football team, a win winning organization. 
if you're focused on the wrong things in business, I mean, you're winning the off season, essentially. We're, we're winning the, you know, it's like Quiznos, right? Hey, let's, let's do a funny commercial. Yeah, it's fine, but your product sucks now. So now what? So you got to have a good product. It doesn't fucking matter about the flash around it. You got to have a good product. And that's the thing. They just weren't focused on the right things. And part of that was Russell Wilson doing stupid subway commercials and, and whatnot. Now, speaking of Russell Wilson, Jarrett Bell said, what happened last year with Wilson? He said, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the, the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot. They couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. Then he also added, he still got gas in the tank. So a lot of that last year, I think the organization really let it go of allowing finger pointing. And a lot of that finger pointing was towards Russell Wilson. He's the scapegoat, right? So, and I think a lot of us in the media and a lot of us as fans kind of just went with that be like, dude, Russell, you know, you should be better. But then when you think about it is there, it was such a bad coaching staff and like they didn't, They didn't set him up to succeed. And if you have somebody on your staff that is really good, but if you're putting them in positions to fail, is it really their fault or is it the people around him that are in charge of setting up avenues of success? So that's, that's where you can kind of look at this is, yeah, you can you can look at Russell as having a down year, but that's not completely on him. Part of it is though. You can't he you can't just flip-flop it and go, "No, that was all coaching." No. No, he has some some blame in that too. We we talked to Alfred Williams, former Denver Bronco on this podcast, and he was talking about that too. There was just so much change with the Denver Broncos last year. You got a new quarterback and a new system, and you got a new system being run by new coaching. So it was just chaos. So hopefully this year it gets turned around. Uh, Sean Payton added, this wasn't his fault. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everyone Everybody else who watched it all happen. Now a quarterback having an office and a place to watch film is normal. Okay? I know a lot of people in the media said it wasn't normal, but it is normal. We don't know. We we go off of what people in the media tell us, right? If you're a fan, you just go by what, okay, everybody says that that's not normal and it's causing a problem. Well, is it? No, it's not. But all those things get magnified, Sean Payton added, when you're losing. And all and and that other stuff, I've never heard of it. 
We're not doing that. Peyton added, they can only beat the shit out of you so much, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was a poor offensive line. Thank you. I don't know how many times I got blasted by Bronco fans for saying how shit the offensive line was. And they're like, no, no, it's not. It's not that bad. Oh, well, I got Sean Payton. He basically said the Huff is right. <laughs> then he also added, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Listen, you hear those words from Sean Payton, the new Denver Broncos head coach. The truth is a hard pill to swallow. For all of us, myself included. But we need to hear it sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes it's it's great to get that just shoved in your face. Be like, ah, oh, God, you know what? He's right. There is only one way to get better, and that's accepting the truth that's around you. That's what Sean Payton laid out. Guys, anybody that thought last year was any sort of success Go fuck yourself because you're wrong. And the moment you think you're at your peak, by the way, so again, whether we're looking at the Denver Broncos or we're looking at you yourself in your business, whatever your job is, take a step back and evaluate your surroundings. Evaluate what you do and how you do it. Have someone give you a breakdown of what they see as an outsider even get feedback from those who are your peers who are on the inside as well. You might be surprised, but you got to be willing to just let them talk. Because how many times do you try to give somebody feedback and they just sit there and try to justify things? No, just shut up, let them talk, and take your humble pie because we all need to improve at times. The Denver Broncos got fat and lazy after Peyton Manning left. Now, Sean Payton walks through the door, butcher knives in both hands, and he's ready to trim the fat. And that fat is the bullshit that they were dealing with last year. And he's ready to make this a five-star worthy team. Boom, I just made that into a, like a restaurant reference. <laughs> so that's what you need to do every now and then, is go in there and go, okay, Yes, things like even if your things are going well, you still need to evaluate what's going on and say, hey, is this about to fail? Or can I actually make it a better type of thing? You always need to evaluate your business. And that's what the Denver Broncos are doing. And thankfully, Sean Payton was hired by the Denver Broncos. And he's coming in there, you know, guns a blazing and making changes, laying down the law, talking to Mark Schlereth this morning via text. And I was telling him how excited I was to read all these quotes from Sean Payton. He's all, there's no doubt everybody knows who's in charge, and that is Sean Payton. And that is a big culture change. When Peyton Manning came in for, to the Denver Broncos, he took out the old Tebow regime and then he set the standard, and he said, this is how we do it. Anything less is unacceptable, and he changed the culture. Peyton Manning leaves. Everything gets horrible. Like I said, 
soon as Peyton Manning left, the Denver Broncos got fat and lazy. Now they bring in Sean Payton. Boom. Things are changing. He's coming in, guns a-blazing, making things change for the positive. The truth hurts, guys. When we sit there and you listen to what he says and you try to envision somebody saying that in a similar situation to what you do at your job, if somebody came in and just starts blasting everybody, like there's nobody safe. <laughs> I mean, at, at times it would be kind of cool until it get the, you know, the gun starts, starts pointing at you. You're staring down a barrel of truth, right? You don't want to see that, but it can help. The truth hurts, but it will create stepping stones that lead you to your success. Boom, make that a fucking t-shirt. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, the, the truth hurts. Uh, we've all been in those situations where somebody lays down some truth and you thought that you were doing well, and then maybe they come in there and they're like, listen, no. No, you need to do this a little bit better, or this is, you can't be doing this. And, and you just sit there and you're like, oh God, I should be better. And, and I, like I said to Mark this morning, I was just like, I, I'm curious of the amount of people that think that, that he overstepped boundaries and said that he did something wrong by being that, you know, blunt about it. You're not going to get better if you sit there covering your eyes to the truth. And Sean Payton came in there, like I said, and he's just laying it all out there. So, hey, I respect it. I do. I can't, I can't look the other way. I, it makes perfect sense. What's going to be interesting, though, is on October 8th, the Jets come into Mile High Stadium and take on the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett is the new Jets offensive coordinator. So that's going to be a little bit drama-filled. And listen... If if Hackett comes in here and beats the shit out of the of the Broncos, I'll be surprised. Now that being said, you got Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for the Jets, so you got some added ammunition in, in your holster there, Hackett. But we'll see, we'll see. It, it's going to be a good matchup. I, I have a lot of confidence in this Denver Broncos team with Pay, uh, Sean Payton at the helm. I was excited last year. For the new look Broncos, I was. I fell into the trap. I, I was thinking the Broncos were, you know, playoff contenders, if not AFC championship content, contenders. And I ate shit because <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. I didn't go through and think about, man, there's a lot that goes into running an organization other than going out there and throwing the ball around. Right, you you kind of forget that. Be like, oh, you got Russell Wilson coming in, blah blah blah. You got Nathaniel Hackett, who used to at the time uh, work with Aaron Rodgers, and it should be good, you know, offensive-minded coach, all this shit. And then you forget that there's just, you know, getting used to your players, you're getting you, and then the players getting used to the new coaches and all this stuff. It was just a perfect storm of chaos. And I was oblivious to it, along with so many other people when it came to the Denver Broncos. But hopefully you can take something, one, out of this if you're a Broncos fan, but two, if you run a business or you're just in whatever industry you're in, you can kind of go, you know, honesty is not going to kill you. It's not. 
as long as you present it in a proper way, you can't go in there and be like, well, you fucking suck. You suck. I don't even know why you're here. You're cool. <laughs> All that stuff. As long as you go out about it in a, in a respectful manner, I, th- I, I don't see the problem in it. So, hey, by the way, I wasn't sure if I was going to get into this, but I, I think it's kind of interesting. Did you guys see or hear about this whole thing with UFOs and aliens uh, in Congress again? It's just they did start doing this last year, and we're at another point this year where they have a bunch of people sitting down, a lot of former Navy officers and high-ranking officials sitting down with Congress talking, and some of the shit that they're saying is mind-blowing when it comes to alien bodies. I'm going to play this for you. We'll react to it, and then we'll move on to the mailbag. Do you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier? Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, And we did meet with one member of the flight crew who took the image. The image was of something that I am not able to attach to any human capability, either from the United States or from any of our adversaries, and they saw a sequence of four craft in a clear diamond formation for which there is uh, a radar sequence that I and I alone have observed in the United States Congress. One of the pilots goes to check out that diamond formation and sees a large floating, what I can only describe as an orb, again, like I said, not of any human capability that that I'm aware of. And when he approached, he said that his radar went down. He said that his FLIR system malfunctioned and that he had to manually take this image um, from one of the lenses. And it was not automatic, automated uh, in collection, as you would typically see in a test mission. Rush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself of non-human origin craft? Yes, I personally interviewed those individuals. <clears throat> Mr. Grush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself about ATs, advanced technologies that the U.S. government has? Uh, based on uh, conventional uh, advanced tech, I was briefed to uh, the preponderance of the defense departments, both space and aerospace department of programs. Yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. how does a program like that get funded? I will give you generalities. I can get very specific in a closed session, uh, but a mis- misappropriation of funds and uh, does that mean that Does that mean that there is money in the budget that is said to go to a program, but it doesn't, and it goes to something else? Yes, I have specific knowledge of that. Yep. Do you- Has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? Uh, I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin. Keeps the aperture open, both scientifically. Right. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, like I've dis- discussed publicly uh, previously in 1930s. 
Do you have any personal knowledge of someone who's possibly been injured working on legacy UAP reverse engineering? Yes. Okay. How were they injured? Was it, is it something like a radioactive type situation or something we didn't understand? You could imagine assessing an, an unknown unknown. Uh, there's a lot of uh, potentialities you can't fully prepare for. Like anal probing. I'm sorry. Why didn't it get brought up? <laughs> what do you think of that? That's bizarre. Um, I don't really know how to feel about it because they're saying a lot without saying a lot. Again, it's, it's interesting. What what are we going to do? I mean, they're, they're still going to dance around it. They, They release things without actually releasing things. I put a video out on TikTok from a while back where I talked about the clusterfuck of madness and that's where my it's my theory of that no matter what if we ever officially interact with an alien species that we as a society will fuck it up in some fashion whether that's joe schmo down in alabama shooting at it or if it's just the government in general uh, you know dicking around with shit no matter what we as a species will overall fuck it up and now you sit there and you listen to to those comments from those individuals that are allegedly in the know, and there's like, yeah, it's happening. Um, there was something where I heard where the guy was essentially saying that um, individuals have lost their lives. From, uh, maybe he said it in that quote, too, but um, I was watching a lot of random shit yesterday. <laughs> but talking about how people have lost their lives at the hands of both humans as well as the other entities the alien entities and in in order to try to keep the secret i i can see that but it's just i don't know man i don't even really know what to do with that information it's interesting it's fascinating but what what are you gonna do what are you gonna do if all these things are real and like I said, there's a lot of interesting people on my TikTok thread that, you know, started saying like, you know, I've I've seen this this stuff. I know it's real. And it, it's interesting. It's interesting. There's people that swear up and down. They, they don't need to hear this stuff from Congress to say that aliens are real. But when we get to the point where it's officially, hey, this is a this is an actual alien entity. And his name's Carl. <laughs> he's, he's a good dude. He is. But when we get to the point like that, when we can actually see one, it's on every channel. And we all know it's true. Then what? Then what? Do you think we're a, an accepting society that we would embrace an alien? Mm, I'm going to lean on no. No. Kill it. Kill it. That's what's going to happen, right? Come on. We are nowhere near ready for aliens to be an official thing. And I know they're doing this uh, with Congress. And if they are indeed real and, and these individuals are telling the truth about it, that's great. But then what? What are we going to do with that shit? Because we're not going to handle it properly. I don't have faith in society. I don't have faith in the government and everybody like that to 
handle extraterrestrial life properly. I don't trust myself to handle alien life properly. Like, if all of a sudden, like, an alien comes down and they're like, or whatever they sound like. I'm sure you're pretty sure that's what they sound like. Or maybe they come down and they're like, hello there. I'm an alien and I like to bang your mother. And I'll be like, oh, my God, you sound just like Sean Connery. He's all, that's right. Hey, by the way, how is your mother? She's good. Good. Because I banged her last night. I thought you didn't know. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> I don't know, guys. What are your thoughts on hearing all that? It's bizarre. I, I have mixed feelings on it because they're they're coming out and they're just. I don't feel like we're learning anything new, but then we are. But I don't know. It's like a half-ass answer from them. It's a half-ass answer. Speaking of half-ass, you guys sent me in some stuff on the mailbag. Mailbag. You've got mail. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too loud because that was really loud in my ears. And I apologize. This comes in from the damn grill. He said, does a straw have one hole or two? It's one hole. Okay. Okay. I think. I don't know. Sounds like a, a question for a smart person. Didn't find that here, did you? Did you? I would say it's one continuous hole, right? Anyway, <laughs> JR Slick wrote in, if you order an egg and a chicken separately from Amazon, what is the result? I don't fucking know. Such a bizarre question, JR. If you're asking what came first, the chicken or the egg, I'll tell you the answer. What came first is the egg. And that's proven, okay? The reason why everybody keeps saying that is just because it's a cliche thing to say. But the, the, the egg came before the chicken because what produced the egg that had a chicken inside wasn't actually a chicken. It's, it's based off of evolution and how things change. So what is now considered a chicken today, at one point, it was birthed by a, a, uh, a chicken-like bird, and then boom. And then the, the baby was a chicken. Boom. So the egg came before the chicken. You're welcome. Just educated you. Uh, now you can tell everybody in, in the world that the, the egg came before the chicken. Protector of Children, that's his name on Twitter. He said, I just realized the last day of 2023 will be one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay. I know what you're trying to go at. Be like, oh my God, that's fucking bizarre. Maybe we should go, you know, outside and run around naked. And then we're going to absorb some healing powers from the moon. I know your type. I'm not big into numbers like that. I used to work with a guy named Sandy Clough who was really into that stuff. And I, it was weird to me. He's like, oh, it's so fascinating when it's like the date is 0202 of 2022 or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we kind of just made up the numbers at one point and just then just went forward from there. So do they really have that much meaning? No, no, they don't. 
But listen, if it gets you through the day, that's great. <laughs> I used to do this all the time when I was dating my wife. It's 11 11, make it a wish. <laughs> right? Did you ever do that shit? Oh, no. Ah, fuck you. But, you know, it's a, it is what it is. I'm not, I, I guess I can't bag on you too much for being a numbers person like that. But ultimately, I always look at it as these are man made things. As far, yes, there's science behind a lot of the, you know, the times and, and the dates, but ultimately, we're the ones that, you know, put numbers to them and put names to them. So I just, I just don't feel like that that's any sort of relevance. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I just don't think that there's any special meaning behind anything like that. It is interesting, though. Makes it fun to write, I guess, on that last day. People, how many times, if you're, if you're writing the date anywhere on 1231 of 2023, people are going to be like, oh my God, what does that mean? Do we go buy a lottery ticket? Why would that fucking matter? Do you think everybody's going to win a lottery ticket today? Jesus Christ. No, it's just a stream of numbers. Stream of numbers. I, I, I just think it's silly. Hey, if you guys want to join the podcast, you can always do so. I love it when you do it. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on social media at Podcast. Uh, I'm starting to stream all my Facebook shows, so I, they will be live on Facebook if you want to interact that way. I always like it when you do, or you can just sit there and watch. You can just voyeur. You're like you're sitting in the corner of the room at your job, smoking a cigarette, just watching the stream. <sighs> Go, monkey. Dance for me, monkey. That's what you do when you watch me? <laughs> oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> That's me uh, chiming, you know, hitting my, my symbols. You're welcome. Yeah, it's, I have a gift, okay? Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Truly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Share it with your friends. Thanks so much to Superbook Sports Colorado. You guys are amazing. It's to Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.